Hey guys, I think an alien is trying to kill us in this jungle. Oh no! Come what on! Are, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? We got to get to the podcast. Come yeah. on! Go! Go! Get to the podcast! I don't know where the podcast is. Fuck it, I'm taking off all my clothes and I'm going to fight the predator with just my pocket knife. No. You go on without me, get to the job. No, roll around in the mud first so I can't see you and things of this nature. Alright, if that's what you think is going do to it. help Do it, get me. it all over yourself. You're just like watching this, do don't it. you? <laughs> get in the mud, do it. Come on, let's, re- let's mud wrestle. You, me and your blabber mouth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And I'm the kid, Mike Harding. <laughs> That's right, his nickname Hi. is The Kid. The Kid. I love it. I'm the kid <laughs> of the group. Just sit down. Eat your sucker. We'll let you know when it's time to talk. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is... I think a classic at this point. I should certainly hope so. Would you agree, absolutely. Mike? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Boy, this has gotten ripped off. <laughs> and boy, I wish the franchise would you... die before it embarrasses itself again. Well, I was going to say, it's been ripped off by its own brand. That's by, true. By worse Predator movies. But I will say, 2022 was a great year for Predator. Oh, yeah. I agree. Because they got new people in there. Um, what Amazing. movie are we talking about? Mike said it. It's... Predator. Predator. Not Predator. No. Not Predator. Not Predators, which I actually liked. Predators, when they went to that alien planet. Two thirds of it. I I liked two thirds of it. They tried to convince us that Adrian Brody is a convincing action star male lead for a Predator movie. (laughs) Hey, he's got to work. Come on. I like Larry Fishburne, but when that movie got to the point where he was just talking to himself, I think that's when the movie dipped. Uh, I think Larry Fishburne was supposed to be um, Dutch. Yeah, I have a that, feeling that it was supposed to be Dutch. That makes and sense. And they couldn't get Schwarzenegger for it. Yeah. And so they said, ah, they said let's stick Larry they Fishburne. Said, let's go in, in the exact opposite direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hire one of the most distinguished dramatic actors of his generation to play. Or he said, what are you talking about? They go crazy on the alien planet? No. Not doing I it. I cleaned the bad guy. I never play the bad guy again. He needs to make a comeback as a bad guy. Schwarzenegger? Or just. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just needs to make another Predator. Like, could you imagine? They're back in the jungle, and he's he's at it with the Predator again. Best best of friends. I think it needs That's, to be he's uh, du- okay. So with his blown out knees, so and Dutch, he can barely move. Dutch is in his seventies now. He's gone to Mexico on vacation. He's at a resort, and just so happens at the same resort is the Predator. I no. would love that. They eye each other he's uncomfortably a, across the dining he's room. He's in the only retirement community he can afford. And it's in Mexico, and it's filled with former commandos that he knew when he was, you know, whatever he... I don't even know what part of the military he was supposed to belong to in this in this movie. <sighs> the military ma- part. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, what, but, I mean, you got Carl Weathers. Oh, he's dead. You can't yeah. put him in there. Well, just bring him back. Oh, you now. can't... You can't put in Bill Duke. He's they're all dead. Either. All of the guys in this yeah. one are dead. <laughs> Fine. Then you know who else is in there? Um, uh, God. Um, Danny Glover. Danny there Glover from Predator Two. The sequel that's not great, but boy, did oh, it establish no. a lot of Predator lore. 
Didn't it? Yeah, for what it's worth, it, it did do that, but the rest of it was... Yeah. That was what I call my tea, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Predator, because they did <laughs> yes. the fake eyes and the mask, Yes, and it made him look so much worse than in, from the first movie. <laughs> he looked like a Muppet. He looked like, hey, look at William Raid. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Predator. Hey, Steve. Predator. Yes, my friend. Do you have any trivia for Predator? It just so happens, by sheer coincidence, I do have some. It's not by coincidence. You worked on it, don't you? That was I was joking. It was a funny joke I told. Okay, well you should be proud of what you have done. Yeah, I did the research. <laughs> I went to the IMDb page for this movie and I copy pasted. Now show of the us entries. your resource gathering skills. Yeah. Impress me. Okay, here we go. So anyway, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura engaged in some good-natured ribbing during the production of this film. Um, sure. As you might expect from two individuals such as they. So the first thing that happened was the uh, Jesse was being fitted for his costumes in the wardrobe department. And someone in the wardrobe department let it slip. Oh, hey, did you know that your arms are an inch bigger around than Arnold's? And Jesse was like, no shit. So that was a customer who just wanted to start shit. So, well, I'm getting to that. So, <laughs> so he was so. Having heard this information, Jesse Ventura goes to Arnold and he says, hey, I think we should have a contest where we each have our biceps measured and whoever has the smaller arms has to buy a bottle of champagne for the guy with the bigger arms. So Schwarzenegger, <laughs> so Schwarzenegger said, yeah, I'll get it. it. Sounds like a good idea, which is his way of indicating that he agrees to this contest. And, um, <laughs> and so they do it. And of course, Arnold has bigger arms than Jesse Ventura. And what had happened was Arnold had told the wardrobe person to lie to Jesse Ventura and tell him that Jesse's arms were actually bigger to trap him in this bet that he would then be sure to lose. So it wasn't a wardrobe person trying to start shit. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to start shit with Jesse hey, Ventura. That's Schwarzenegger playing 3D chess yeah. when everyone else is playing checkers. Exactly. He's a master. Those are just two governors, two governors. Having <laughs> yeah. future governors. And in the future, they were governors. Uh, mm. um, this, and in, in light of that, this next bit is he makes them look even even better. Um, so during the production, uh, the main cast, they're, you know, big, beefy bodybuilder type guys. So they, they all worked out. And at one, there was this one time where Jesse Ventura got to the gym first and he poured water all over himself before Arnold got there. So when Arnold showed up, he saw Jesse Ventura soaking wet on, you know, working out. And he thought, well, he must be drenched in sweat because he's been working out here for several hours. <laughs> so Arnold decided, well, I'm going to show up early the next day and I'm going to beat Jesse Ventura into the gym to show him, you know. So this began this weird sort of gym arms race between the two of them where they each kept trying to beat the other to the gym. And it wound up with <laughs> and it wound up with them both ending up showing up at the gym at like four o'clock in the morning every day. Were wow. they made out? Were, Did they start kissing? I, mean, I don't think there was a lot of kissing. I don't know if I would this use is the how term romantic make comedy out. start. Yeah. Okay. But speaking of, this is my favorite, the, the, of all the working out stories that I've heard about this movie, my favorite working out related Apparently story. Apparently it's the only trivia you have is about ma working this out. No, so. <laughs> this is a Carl Weathers story. Okay. Okay. Great. So speaking of working out, Carl Weathers only worked out when there was no one else around. And the reason for this was he insisted to everyone that his physique was completely natural and he did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of those wow. things that like you have to know any that's absurd on its face 
<laughs> like, Are we yeah. sure we're not mixing this up with Mr. T? Because that sounds like a Mr. T. Totally sad. I don't work out at all. I've never done a sit-up in my Is life. That, so aside from all of the muscle trivia, do you have anything else? Yes. Okay. So so the character of Mac uh, yes. has this, this weird tick where he compulsively shaves his face with a disposable razor. Um, That's right. Bill Duke improvised that. And because he came up with it, uh, you know, there's that scene where they're all kind of waiting for something to happen and he's shaving himself and he cuts himself because he's pressing so hard yeah. with the razor. So mm -hmm. uh, the special effects team had to scramble like on the spot that I don't know if it was that day or the day before or whatever, but they had to come up with a razor that could leak blood <laughs> so that they could get that oh, shot of wow. him of him shaving of because you know they were like well that that's a good shot we want to have that 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 really works you know but they didn't have a razor that was rigged to make it look like he was bleeding so they had to come up with something um i'm disappointed that the rest of the commandos didn't come up with something i know like something that every single one of them had yeah, that, you yeah. know, how come he gets to be Mr. I'm constantly shaving. Exactly. What is the, what is the reasoning as an actor where you're like, I got to come up with something for this character. Oh, I know he obsessively shaves his face. <laughs> That's what I like about it. Cause it makes no sense at all. It's like, okay, why do you, you, what you have limited space. You're bringing like your, you know, necessary supplies and equipment into the jungle for mm -hmm. a mission. Why did you bring, apparently, a whole bunch of disposable racers? Yeah, but it's not like <laughs> we then find out that Poncho is a chronic masturbator or that, you know, um, yeah. that that Billy has a puppet that he talks to when he's all alone and, you know, when he's, when he's tracking. Did you hear that? I didn't hear anything, Billy. I don't... <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, shut up that Which, puppet. Yeah. Put the puppet away, Billy. You shut up. I'm not giving away our position. I mean, really, my whole thing is that's the only thing that the movie's missing to make it a perfect movie. Is, is a puppet. There needs to be a puppet somewhere in there, yeah. Um, all right. They, that's, is that all your trivia? I have, you I have, I have, trivia, I have two more little pieces of trivia. The first one is uh, Arnold's mud-covered look for the final portion of the film was achieved by the crew blasting him with mud through a hose, which sounds okay. like a lot of fun. I, it sounds like the mm -hmm. best job on the, on the movie. <laughs> People can get out their aggressions, definitely. <laughs> Time to hose down Arnold with mud. <laughs> Um, and this is neat. Yell at me for delivering a sandwich late, <laughs> exactly. will you? Exactly. Uh, all I asked him was if Carl Weathers was as cool as he seems like, and he got mad at me. Um, <laughs> and uh, during the closing credits, they do the little like vanity shot credits, the like the curtain call credits, where you see the characters, you know, once again. And uh, sure. for his shot, Shane Black's character is shown reading a Sergeant Rock comic book. Um, and the reason that those sergeant that he had a Sergeant Rock comic book was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had brought a big stack of Sergeant Rock comics to the set with him to read for research because he was developing a Sergeant Rock movie that wound okay. up that wound up never actually <laughs> happening. It was uh, the the movie it was in development for years and years and years, and there were multiple screenplays for it. But where they just, would have to come up with a reason as to why Sergeant Rock talks that way. Apparently, one of the scripts established that he had a German father. Oh, okay. But as but the the, the 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 best way to handle Arnold's accent is, is to not address is it. the way it's handled in this movie, which is to just not address it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
It's just he just that's just. No, they the way. did address it. You know how they they addressed it. His nickname is Dutch. Oh yes, that's, sure. That's so how he's addressed it. So he's from the Netherlands. <laughs> well, his last name is Schaefer. Yeah, I'm from the Netherlands. I talk like this. And here's something that'll surprise even longtime Predator fans. Do you know what his character's first name is? Isn't it like Alan or something? It's Alan. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Never actually established on screen, but yeah. No, but it's in the script. Yeah. Hello, I am Alan. My name is Alan Schaefer. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help you at Sprouts today? I'm I Alan. Like that, I feel like that's one of those things where the script had his name as Alan Schaefer, and then someone mm-hmm. was just like, uh, let's just call him Dutch. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Just, we'll call him Dutch. Arnold Schwarzenegger like got the part. Out, He's Dutch now. <laughs> it's when you find out that Charlton Heston's, you know, Taylor character from... From Planet of the Apes, his first name is George. <laughs> yeah, George. And you're like, no, he doesn't have a first name. That's not George. He's yeah. just Taylor. Yeah, his name ain't George. Get out of here. <laughs> it's like finding out Darth Vader's first name is Norman. Norman. Norman Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth in parentheses. Darth is just his college nickname. That's right. I mean, his first name is Annie, which I think is even <laughs> sure. better. Yeah. He just did it. He do. He went evil just for the name. Yeah, like, I got to do yeah. something about this name. Everybody even called me my Annie name's my whole life. Annie Skywalker. <laughs> I feel like there's some stormtroopers that are like on the Death Star that you know every time Darth walks by they just joke to themselves. Oh, there's little Annie. <laughs> <laughs> right away, Annie, sir. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. <laughs> I heard that. I won't kill you now, but I'll kill you next time. He probably has a stormtrooper <laughs> limit. You can only yeah. kill so many storm, so many stormtroopers and so many officers per week, and boy, he went through them in Empire. He was oh, like, yeah. whatever. Vader, <laughs> you've hit your choke Jeez. quota for the week. No more choking. <laughs> all right, is that all? Is that all? That's all. That everything? That's all. Can we go on to who made it? It's your show. Let's go on to who made it. Thank you for acknowledging that. Finally, <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> it's directed directed by John McTiernan, and he also directed, I think, the only legitimate sequel to Die Hard, which is Die Hard with a Vengeance, or Die Hard 3. Um, and then going to jail. <laughs> he yep. went to jail for, um, what is it? Rollerball. He, rollerball phone tap. He went to jail yeah. over the remake of Rollerball, where he was tapping people's phone lines, and they said, nope. So he went to jail for a year, and then I think he's dead now. Is he dead now? I don't know. I don't know if he's dead he's or he's still just alive. not working anymore. I think he's still alive. Yeah, he's still he's only in but his yeah. early 70s. Yeah, he's not actually. But does he want to be? <laughs> but does he want to be alive? It's written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. They're brothers. They're brothers. That's why this is a perfect episode for us to do it. Two brothers writing their hearts out. Now, they also <laughs> wrote. I, I had read this and I don't know if it's true. I mean, who knows if any of this is true. But apparently with them, there was some joke that was circulating about... Um, like after Rocky Four came out, there was a joke circulating that oh, Rocky has no one else to fight. The next movie is going to have to be him fighting an alien. <laughs> and I've that's heard that what too. Inspired these? Did they write a script yeah. for that? That's what inspired these two to write this. I haven't heard that. I do know that they've both worked on um, Predator Two, the 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 smash hit Wild Wild West, which oh, I yeah. think we're going to have to review at some point. Classic. Um, Behind Enemy Lines and other 
stuff. Produced by Lawrence Gordon, and he produced Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Predator 2, Point Break. Jesus, he owned the ladies. Yeah. Point Break. <laughs> and then we have a jump to Boogie Nights, and he followed up that hit with one of the Laura, Laura Croft Tomb Raider So movies. hang on. So, so there's a gap wow. in his resume that starts with Point Break, and then the next movie he produces is Boogie Nights? No, of course not. I select ones that people oh, okay. are going to recognize. Okay. I'm not going to put in Goobers on Patrol because no one remembers Oh, that he did movie, Goobers on Patrol too? It. I'm not here to read every fucking movie. I'm just movie saying it's I... a diverse filmography. He's like, you know, who, oh, should, it is. who should we get to help produce Boogie Nights? How about the dude from Point Break? <laughs> Seems like he would work well with Paul Thomas Anderson. Hey, He's maybe they were trying her money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they were trying to get Patrick Swayze in there to play Big Dick Guy. I would have instead you know, of. I uh, mean, he's, he was a little old by that I know. point. But you know, I would have if Patrick sure. Swayze had been in Boogie Nights, it would have somehow improved and already. You can see Patrick film. Swayze staring into a into a mirror, saying, "I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a great." Yeah. <laughs> While he's doing Tai Chi. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Was it and smoking nine cigarettes? Unfortunately, was it yes. Was it Tomb Raider or was it Tomb Raider Cradle of? Filth. Was it Tomb Raider <laughs> Cradle of Filth? Cradle of Filth. It was that one. No, just Laura Croft Tomb Raider. The first. Oh, one. and he also he also produced Prey. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. that came out this year. Came Good back to the came back home. Came Return back home to, to make a little make a little money. Yeah. Give me some of that. Oh, why did money. it take so? After Predator Two came out, we established that they had been visiting Earth for ever, right? Why did it take so long? Why did it take more than almost, what, 20 years? 30, 30 years. years for yes. someone to go, hey, wait a minute. Why don't we just set it back in olden times? <clears throat> and also, can we make the Predator like 19 times more scary than he yeah. usually is? <laughs> I like your idea from yeah. when we first talked about it, Jason, which is the next one should be, it should, from now on, the franchise should just be Predator visiting different historical area yeah. so it should, the next one should oh, be like the pilgrims versus the predator like that would be fantastic <laughs> that's yeah. a short movie just have the predator kill a whole bunch of pilgrims yeah, yeah. <laughs> 17, the predator visit the predator at the constitutional convention wreaking yeah. havoc george washington comes up to a fort here here's and it's the... been decimated <laughs> george washington was this behemoth of a man yeah he was as, six foot seven yeah or something and like, like that I would love to see George Washington go head to head with a predator. With his sword. Yeah. yeah. Against the predator. He takes oh, out his teeth amazing. and you know he means business. <laughs> takes off his his breech coat, the, you know, and he's like, the, all right. With the same, the predator's with the, taking off the mask and the yeah, George Washington. With the same Phoebe. Yep. Cracks his knuckles, yeah. takes off the powdered wig, whoa, and he's like, All right, let's do whoa. this. Um Yeah, why not? Him against Abe Lincoln works. Oh amazing. Him, yes. Lincoln beats him to death yeah. with a rail. I want Jesus versus Predator. Jesus versus now Predator. That, that's what happened in the 30 days. That's the desert. When yeah, when he was in the desert. Yeah. That's, the true yeah. story. <laughs> the, the, the true story of Jesus. <laughs> in the end, they become friends. That's how it Jesus redeems the, the Predator. Jesus, Jesus redeems that's the right. Predator. Jesus yeah. redeems. He becomes the, the 13th. He becomes the 13th apostle. The Predator becomes Judas, but his Predator nature overcomes you know, him in the end, and he betrays Jesus. This, no, he doesn't become Judas. I just like the idea that it's it's Judas, Thomas, you know, Peter, and <laughs> <laughs> no Predator. It's okay. I have to go. This is this has all been preordained. 
And he's like clicking forlornly <laughs> oh, as Jesus oh, is led man. away. Uh, also produced by Joel Silver, who um, is responsible for the Matrix movies, um, hmm. the Lethal Weapon franchise, and this franchise. So he's been producer on. Oh. So on he's all got three. some money. Only only one of them has been kind of good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I didn't like the first Matrix. I didn't need three more after that. No. Yeah. Right. Especially since, like, the first, like, the first one was, the story's over, kids. <laughs> like, yeah, isn't it done? It's oh, over. Yeah. Are they done? I mean, the, that first Matrix movie was such a hit that I'm, I'm guaranteed the conversation with WB and the uh, uh, Wachowskis, the Wachowskis was, yeah. hey, make more because we made a bunch of money. And then the Wachowskis were like, uh... All right, now we got to think of what the story's going to be. <laughs> I, I guess we could just make up some we more horseshit. We kind of ended on the last one where we gave god powers to one of the guys. I don't uh, know where we can go from there. <laughs> well, the they should have done, but yeah, yeah. Make, it, what make it a DBZ fight for like an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, you would know. You were such a fan. Oh yeah. That was DBZ fighting for (laughs) DBZ the movie. Anyways. Hey, if you ever wanted to watch someone fight, this encapsulates every problem that I have with the sequel. Fight scenes between Neo and a million agents that solves nothing, and he just leaves at the end. Mm -hmm. Where he could have just left at the beginning, (laughs) and we didn't have to watch this really did-not-age-well CGI. And they fall into the same mistake that I think a ton of movies fall into, where it's like, there is storytelling in action scenes... And yeah. the best action scenes have storytelling. Yes. It's yes. not it's not just hey, uh, let's have a ton of people fighting all and Marvel, I feel like Marvel is guilty of this the most recently because every act 3 is just a big brouhaha between two armies fighting. Yeah. Sure. And it gets boring after a while, no surprise because You can't include Endgame because they were wrapping up so many different well, sure. little things. Yeah. But I I agree with you that I tune out when they start fighting. Yeah. I've said this on the show before. Yeah. I've, when I go back and watch Marvel movies, I'm watching character interaction and not necessarily. I tune out during the fights. Yeah. If it's not doing anything, right? If it doesn't, if it's not informing the characters or it's not informing the plot or whatever, I just kind of go and kind of tune out. So yeah, I haven't. I watched what was it? The one with the lady who's bad. Eternals. No, <laughs> no I'm gonna need no, more that's, than that. That's everybody that's bad. Um, Black Widow. It's like they went out of their way to make it hard to sweep Eternals under the rug for going forward on their continuity because there's a fucking gigantic <laughs> robot that has started yeah. to emerge and it's still just there, sticking up out of yeah, the ocean. Can, yeah, I, just sticking up. Out. Yeah, Namor. Yeah. Namor doesn't care. Namor's like, hey, dude, come on. Yeah. I haven't seen Wakanda forever. Is it any good? I haven't seen it. I thought it was good. It was a sad version of the first movie. (laughs) Okay. But but in the best way possible. Like, they, they, I mean, obviously they had an obstacle there, right? With their main character passing away. I mean, they could have done worse. They could have said, hey, where's T'Challa? I don't know. And then they just (laughs) keep He went out for milk. And then, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Never came back. You guys, did you hear what happened? All right, I, we're only on the second producer. Sorry. The, uh, produced by John Davis. Um, and he has 116 feature films 
and movies for television under his belt and 13 television series. I'm not saying what else he's done. He's been very successful. And I can only assume, assume that he's not a pervy weirdo because we would have heard something by now if he's made that much. So same goes for Joel, Sir, Sir Joel Silver and Lawrence Gordon. Couldn't find anything that makes him a pervy weirdo. But, you know. That's what I expect. It's reached a point that that's what that's I expect the default. When I'm reading yeah. their bio. Yep. Yeah. In 2013. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch. I'm not insulting the audience by telling you what else he's done. Carl Weathers is Dylan, and you know Carl Weathers. He was in uh, the Rocky, Rocky movies. Yeah. You better know Carl Weathers. He was in The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah I was just gonna say he's he's that guy in The Mandalorian and Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, fine. With Happy Gilmore hand. if you watch that. <laughs> Alligator bit my okay. damn hand off. Elpidia Carrillo as Anna, and she has done a lot of acting and directing in Mexico. Hmm. Um, she's done some other stuff up here, but nothing terribly notable. Bill Duke as Sergeant... Um, what do they call him? They just called they him... They call him Mac. His name? Mac. Yeah. Bill Duke is Mac. He's been in, you know, American Gigolo and Bird on a Wire and Menace to Society and X-Men The Last Stand. And uh, he was in Mandy. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's getting a little older, but I've always liked him. Yeah. Whenever I see him, I've always liked him. He was he was great in Commando. And this is also a reunion between him yeah. <laughs> between him and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. Um, Richard Chavez as Poncho. Nothing. Uh, 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 he <laughs> was in MacGyver. Don't you dare say nothing. I don't care. Richard don't, Chavez was in MacGyver. MacGyver up? Damn you. I don't care if he was in every episode of MacGyver. Actually, I did read that his, and I left it off. His daughter was a crackhead. Oh, no. In MacGyver, not in real life. In MacGyver. Oh, okay. Jesse the Body Ventura as, as uh, Blaine, and he was your wrestling governor. You'll know him from wrestling. <laughs> he was also a governor. He bra- appeared briefly as a guard at Arkham Asylum in uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Landham as Billy Soul, and he's been in 48 Hours and Poltergeist and played a lot of parts where he was called Billy. His character in 48 Hours was also called Billy. Do people just look at him and say, you're a Billy? He has a type, and that type is Billy. Mm-hmm. Shane Black as Rick Hawkins, and he's a director now. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, he's directed one of my favorite movies ever. Um, but he's directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3 yeah. and one of my favorite movies ever, The Nice Guys. And he also directed yeah. The Predator. Yeah, that's oh, right. that's right. The, one of the worst Predator movies. The worst. That's the one where... He's up and down. <laughs> you know, he's up and down. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where it had something to do with autism? Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, I, I, okay. I mean, that part, was, that part was great. Oh, okay. Uh, and it had a great cast, but anyways. Okay. He, uh, it was bad. All right, R.G. Armstrong as Major Phillips, and he's been in everything since forever. He, you will look at, you'll find him in. He's got like four hundred acting credits. <laughs> you'll recognize him from TV, and you'll recognize him from old. Um, he was in a lot of Sam Peckinpah movies. Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator slash helicopter pilot. You didn't notice it, but at the end, the Predator was disguised as the helicopter pilot. <laughs> to like, set up a sequel that they wound up not that's pursuing. That's why it said yeah. the end, question mark. <laughs> Waste with the camera. Yeah. The helicopter's flying up into space. You're like, what's going on there? Yeah, he's a super tall guy who's played who played like Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. And he was in TV, like, uh, what was the name of the show? 227. Um, and he died at nine, in 91. Of, um, he contracted AIDS from a surgery, believe Oof, it or not. Yikes. And then he died. And he's, for someone who seldom ever got a chance to speak when he was playing these great big goopy monster parts, he's 
this movie wouldn't have worked had they stuck with the original choice, oh, which was Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme. in a foam, foam rubber suit. He kind of looked like a giant bow weevil. It was just like, yep. it was an awful design. You know who helped revise that design, don't you? Uh, who was it? It was James Cameron. No, it wasn't. Shut up. Stop telling lies on this show. I, I'm just... His... They didn't take... What did he do? He walked in and said, you should change that. They didn't take his suggestion to make it underwater, but other than that, some of his (laughs) ideas were really good. You know, this would be a great movie. It was, you know, at the bottom of the Mariana's Trench. (laughs) Why am I turning him into... Why am I turning him into our George Lucas George Lucas. Make it underwater. It'd be really... (laughs) You can make him a Gungan. (laughs) (laughs) everybody's favorite part of everybody's favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. It's um, okay. I'll just save the Gungan. No, I do like, <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that at this time, James Cameron still had good ideas. It was yeah. the late eighties. So true. Uh, it was, that was his sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they had, they had the giant uh, bull weevil looking thing and it wasn't working. And they no, needed to it wasn't. Provide, yeah. Guess who provided the voice? Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen. Yep. You know, Optimus Prime. He was wow. King Kong in the 1976 King Kong remake. He was Kong's voice. But he was also, and I didn't know this, Monterey Jack from Chip and Jail's <laughs> Rescue Rangers. And he's been the voice of Eeyore for decades now. Wow. From all, all Disney Winnie the Pooh stuff. Is there anything he can't do? Um, stop. Say no. You know, I think contractually, <laughs> contractually, he is married to Optimus Prime until he dies. And then I don't know what the movies. They've will probably do. got him in a, uh, you know, a, a sound studio just recording lines, eighteen hours a day because he's, you know, no, that's true. We do have that AI stuff. Now. They're just like, go, 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 record more. Keep reading the dictionary. Nobody, we're not recasting Optimus Prime ever. I want to. I want to <laughs> see my grandchildren, please. No. <laughs> no. And Sven Oli Torsen as Soviet military advisor, and that's a reunion from Conan. He was one of the bad guys in Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> and he's in this movie for approximately three and a half seconds. <laughs> he's the punchline to knock knock when he busts through that door. Uh, cinematography by Donald McAlpine, and you'll recognize his work, very similar work in movies like Parenthood, Mrs. Doubtfire. And Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah. He very similar. No, yeah, I know. Edited by John F. Link, who um, edited in order Commando, Die Hard, and Roadhouse. <gasps> now that is quite a trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also uh, edited by Mark Helfrich, and he edited movies like Showgirls and X Men: The Last Stand. That is not quite yeah, a trilogy. The best one. <laughs> the, best the best one. The ever universally acclaimed as the best X Men movie. Music by Alan Silvestri, and you know he did Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit and the Marvel movies, and he's, you know, unfortunately under the shadow of of uh, John Williams, J-W. like everyone. You know, he can't yeah. get any credit. Although I would say that the movie. The music that he's provided to a lot of these movies is just as iconic. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just that not everybody associates the name with it. Like, John Williams is, like... You right. Know, yeah. John Williams is catchier. Yeah. He gets earworms. Yeah, I mean, he he, he gets the earworm. His, it, many of his main themes are pretty simple. 
right? Yeah. Like it's done. Harry Potter is dun, 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 dun. It's like he writes things that four-year-olds can memorize as far yeah. as their tune goes. <laughs> Anything more complicated than that falls apart. I mean, Jesus Christ, Jaws is dun, dun. <laughs> it's two notes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alan Silvestri is busting his balls. So, I mean, everybody else. Alan Silvestri, he's one. John Horner, he's James another Horner, one. Yeah. Um, James Horner, sorry. Um, what's the guy who did the Lord of the Rings? It's uh, it Howard Newman. Shoot. Howard Shore. Howard, Howard Shore. no, Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all working hard, but no, everyone's just gonna remember John Williams. Everyone just John Williams did this, and he's the sound of my childhood. Ugh. Wow. I feel like. Like Han, I mean, I don't know if he's in the Han same Zimmer. Han Zimmer, but Han yeah. Zimmer seems like a pretty recognizable. Brand. Yeah, there's Han Zimmer. There's another guy I know. I'm forgetting. Well, uh, more recently would be Giacchino. I mean, well, G- yeah, G- Giacchino is like the Danny Elfman of today. Where but he just I does hope he everything. switches. I hope he switches. I hope he switches. Oh, from after, music to directing. After Werewolf by Night. Werewolf. Yeah. Werewolf by Night was fucking awesome. And uh, who knew that he had that in him? Right. Yeah. I hope they just give him more stuff. I hope they give him a feature because he did a really good job. Yeah. And you know what? Telling a short story is sometimes harder than telling like a full movie. And I mean, technically, that was what fifty-four. Something minutes? like it was less than an hour. Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. And he made yeah. the, and we gave a shit about characters that we had only known briefly. We didn't have this huge backstory. He was introducing yeah. like fucking man thing, which is a hard. You know, that's a hard in to Marvel. There, there are certain <laughs> characters where it's a hard in. Right, and to introduce Man Thing and have people like him and not really change him a whole lot, it's nice to know that Man Thing can still dissolve people by his touch. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it weird how you know you can establish likable characters just in that story, and you don't have to vomit up hours and hours and hours of backstory? It's weird. That's how nice, that works. isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that cool? How you can establish character by their actions? Yeah, like if you just watch the movie, you understand who they are. (laughs) You don't have to do fucking homework. But I like having my hand held. I like being explained to all the time. (laughs) Let me tell you every fucking thing that happened in this guy's life from the day he was born (laughs) until the start of his story so you can understand. Okay, I guess we can do it that way. Uh, All right, all right. Production companies, 20th Century Fox, Lawrence Gordon Productions, Silver Pictures, Davis Entertainment, Amerisent Films, and American Entertainment Partners LP. How many is that? <laughs> Six? Everybody wets their beak. Now, here's the, this is a legitimate question. Someone approached and said, okay, here's what we got. Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in an action movie. Awesome. But it's also a sci-fi film. Okay. And it's a horror movie. What? Is it now? It's that's three things. That's three things. I understand getting chocolate in your peanut butter, but now you're sticking jam or something else in there. How am I supposed to put my head? They this said they, they kept it simple. A movie producer. They kept it simple. They said it's Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting an alien in the jungle. Give me the money. It's this is the late '80s. I don't know if because remember one of the detriments to ET is that for the popular culture, aliens were nice guys now. That's why. <laughs> Thanks Spielberg. That's why the thing. That's why the thing failed in the box office because of fucking ET. Because everyone, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Kinda, yeah. ET, ET, and the thing opened a week apart, and everyone liked Nice Guy Alien, who made you cry because Steven Spielberg's really good at manipulating your emotions. You imagine seeing that and then walking into the thing. After yeah. that. That's why John Carpenter sent Steven Spielberg a bouquet of dead roses. No, no he didn't. <laughs> 
Uh, but I mean, it was kind of like this is this is one of those movies where it's like it's the end of the eighties and someone is pitching the idea of G.I. Joe versus an alien, yeah. right? Well, and that's what I think is so fan. Okay, so just a little bit of backstory. Uh, Jason, you and I were talking maybe a week or two ago, and you asked me what my favorite movie of all time was, mm-hmm. and it was Predator. Yeah. And the reason I like it so much is like it's a great. I think it's what the best example of diverting someone's expectations going. Mm-hmm. into a movie if you don't know what it's about or if it hasn't been spoiled for you yet it's like because back then in the in the especially in the late 80s it was nothing but beefcake action movies where they're doing military stuff and you know kicking ass and mm-hmm. and whatever right but then predator it's like it starts off that way and then it yeah. just slowly transitions into everybody getting killed i kind of wish they took off the front of the movie that shows the ship arriving at earth and launching a pod yeah I agree. There's a part of me that wishes it started with the helicopters. And, and then you discover it as you go forward. Because, and and I think uh, Alex Keller brought up this point back in the day where the mistake they made with the sequels is not doing that, right? Like mm-hmm. not taking whatever popular genre is at the time and then just slowly turning it into a into Predator a movie. <laughs> Like, okay, like what if it was like 2009 and like mm-hmm. uh, you had a Fast and Furious ripoff movie where it starts off i'd pay all the money in the world street racing <laughs> and then it slowly turns into these street racers getting <laughs> you could by do that predator. with the fast and furious have you seen it? that's true yeah. gone you wouldn't completely. have to do a fast yeah. and furious like movie you could just start it as a fast and furious movie and then the predator yeah. starts taking them the out. predator could show up that in a fast and furious movie and it would make complete sense now yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and he he has the predator mobile you know, you, you, you roll that out. It comes down to a race, not a fight. It's Vin Diesel and the Predator for the pink slips. That's right. And mm-hmm. and that settles it. And the car has, like, the his hair, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. This is how perfect the premise is, okay? We'll get to the rest. I'll, here, I'll do the rest. Distributed by 20th Century Fox, released date June 12, 1987. Running time, 107 minutes. Budget, 15 to 18 million adjusted for inflation 38 to 46 million box office 98.3 adjusted for inflation 252.4 now here's why it's a perfect premise take saving private ryan right and at the point that they arrive at the german town you just throw the predator in it yeah exactly it works for everything maybe have a couple (laughs) of cut scenes as they're moving their way across across the uh across the french countryside a pov of the predator from his you know predator vision whatever it's called I think it's called Predator Vision, actually. He fits into everything. I want yeah. him in every romantic comedy between... I would love it. <laughs> ...when Pretty Pretty Woman came out until now, where that it starts as a romantic comedy would, and ends as a Predator I would love movie. to see when Harry met Sally and then they were both killed by the Predator. <laughs> would improve that movie immensely. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Lifeless in Seattle. But you're right. I think I think Alex is right. I mean, they kept trying to repeat it, you know, with Predator with Predator 2, they just said, "Okay, same thing but now it's in LA." Right? Right. In like weird weird like slightly in the future overblown dystopian LA. It's the same world as po- as far as I was concerned, it's the same world as RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where apparently crime has become so bad that you have open gunfights everywhere. Like it's right. it's unregulated. <laughs> I'm surprised that they are even surprised to see hanging bodies and all the other shit 
that they discover there's like, oh, hanging body. (laughs) Must be Tuesday. (laughs) All right. Okay, you guys, are you ready to run arm in arm? You guys all got all your (laughs) into the jungle. Let's do it. Yeah, into the jungle. Into the world of predator. Okay. All right, Steve. Yes, sir. Or actually, Mike, take it away. I'm sorry. What am I? What What are we? What am I doing right Show's now? Show's ruined. Goodbye. <laughs> Tell us what happens in the movie, Mike. Now, yeah, okay. this is when we do the recaps and we start at the beginning. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so the movie opens with, uh, you know, you got this team of uh, military special forces. No, it don't. Uh, no, it he's, in space. <laughs> Mike's the, having okay, my yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the cold <laughs> open, right? Yeah. So there's the cold, the cold open where it's. A spaceship flying through space and going towards Earth, and you cool. don't know what it what it's all about. You don't know what it's about, but it's and there. it has a baby, and it poops it onto Earth. <laughs> yeah, that spaceship just it littered on our planet. The recap is the bulk of the show. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, so that happens, and then yeah. the next scene is you know the uh, the hot open, I yeah. suppose, mm. where. Uh, you have uh, these military choppers going into um, Central America, uh, and you and you know you you go into one of these choppers, and uh, it's uh, Dutch and and all these different Arnold Schwarzenegger fun characters. Yeah, you got uh, Jesse Ventura yelling at the rest of the team because they don't want to. Uh, Chew on tobacco. <laughs> they're jumping ahead. That's when they go. That's when they're deployed. They're just coming into. Base. This is when they're they're first in country, and you know it's not Vietnam because they're not playing Fortunate Son. They're, yeah, right. they're, or something or else. Clear yeah, revival. Right. <laughs> Although you could do you it. Totally could. Just stick the predator in you it. Totally yeah. could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Julia Child movie would have been much better. Predator. Just drop the predator yep. in Absolutely. halfway through. He ta- yeah. teaches her how ordinary to people throw the predator the, in there, the skin and muscle from the skull. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there's that first scene where it really is just trying to showcase the different personalities in this uh, in this team, mm. and then um, you know they touch down to this this uh, military base, and that's when Dutch and Dylan are reintroduced, yeah, to each other, and and they do one of the coolest scenes in the movie. <laughs> Uh, where they, it's not, it's not called a, uh, uh, it's not a handshake, but it's a hand hug. Yes. That's what that's called. Sure. Where they slap each other's hands and they're sitting there, uh, and it slowly turns into an arm wrestling yeah. match. And, of and course, it's not so, erotic at no. all. Don't, and it, don't, yeah. and it becomes, don't start getting uncomfortable. And it becomes a meme. And, uh, <laughs> and then Dutch is like, what's wrong? Do they have you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> right. And then he wins the... You know, mm-hmm. he wins the uh, the arm wrestle there, right? Yeah, but they got to talk to General Old Man. They and they talk to General Old Man. Mm-hmm. He briefs them on uh, what this is, and it's a uh, uh, God. I forget the name. It's it's some a cabinet. Uh, minister. I need to pull it up. Yeah, a cabinet, cabinet minister. minister. Yeah. There you go, a cabinet minister, and and I believe an assistant that have been taken uh, hostage in this by uh, rebels in this rebel base. Yeah they're, yeah, they're being held hostage in a rebel base. So then you spend about the next. I don't know, 10 or probably the next 20 minutes of the movie, them closing in on this rebel Making base. as much, much noise as possible in their <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> it's like Jesse the Body Ventura is addicted to 1950s music. Yes. And apparently chewing tobacco. And uh, that's where we really get to meet them because yeah. we meet Billy and This will turn you into a sexual d- tyrannosaur. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus. And they have quippy comebacks like, oh, yeah, strap this to your sore ass. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll bend over and take it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, 
well, I can give it to you. Totally not in a gay way. I'm, if you're thinking and, I'm gay, I'm not. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a little curious. But <laughs> but that's it. That's as far as it goes. We can totally, once we're down in the jungle, brother, we're going to go at it. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. And, you know, they have some back and forth. I think Schwarzenegger's asleep or something. I can't he's remember. Just chilling, being kinda, he just he's just chilling, being kind of scary. Yeah. 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 And it turns out Carl Weathers is a CIA guy yeah. and he's got he's going with them because right. they, they sent some people out to go get the consulate guy and they never came back and no one went, uh oh. And then because that was Jim Hoppe. And, but he doesn't, he doesn't know that. Jim Hoppe. But we meet them and Billy is Billy. He's just he laughs at jokes. And there's this one guy who's obsessed with his girlfriends over large pussy. Yeah. And he keeps bringing it it's up. It's a all source the time. of and much like, amusement. We don't need to know about it. It's personal. Do you think she appreciates you walking walking <laughs> also, around in the helicopter telling everyone about the size and volume? Also, everybody knows her- that it's not that her pussy is big, it's that you have a small dick. You're telling everybody <laughs> that you have a small dick. I don't know if you realize that. Mm-hmm. But we meet all the guys. We see Mac mm-hmm. shaving. <laughs> what does he do when he's not on mission? He shaves. Shaves. Yeah, he shaves. <laughs> I want to know what his bathroom looks like. Shaving here, shaving there, shaving exactly. everywhere. He's, he's I mean, completely, he has no hair on his. <laughs> he, ha- he, he has a real problem uh, with ingrown hair, so he's constantly shaving to prevent that. Yeah. No, but that would cause it if you overshave. Don't, don't deconstruct it. Just accept it. Don't. I mean, yeah, you can, if you if you put you put anything under a microscope and you're gonna exactly. find problems, you know. Well, it's already under the microscope when <laughs> I found problems. Do you think he sees somebody to be exfoliate? You know, to have all the hairs removed. So I think maybe he, he should get like oh, he, absolutely. He should get like a laser hair removal thing, don't you think? Just to take care of it, sure. he wouldn't have to maintain it so vigorously. Yeah. He was, all I he know, was saving, he was saving up okay. for that. But then there's some beauty shop that is making a killing off of him, right? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I believe, okay, so I believe before they reach the base, that's where they see their first uh, dead bodies hanging from trees. Well, they have to jump out of the helicopter first. Well, they jump out of the helicopter. Turn off the radio because, you know, it'll totally give away our position despite the fact that we're flying in fucking (laughs) helicopters. Is the radio that loud that it drowns out the helicopter? (laughs) What I really loved is they jump out of the helicopter at night and land in the jungle sometime in the afternoon. It's a long way down. It like, yeah. It's a long way down. It's a little... it's long... I know. But they're making their way to the... Yeah, they're making their way to the headquarters, and it's a whole lot of military stuff. Yeah, and then, and they're... And, yeah, and then they see that someone's hung out some meat to dry. <laughs> right. And they just assume, oh, this is the... These are the rebels that must have killed and skinned and hung some folks yeah. from trees. And they're like, I'm hungry for barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but one of them, Mac picks out the, picks out the uh, name tags and tosses it over to Schwarzenegger, and he's like, "It's Hopper. He's been killed and skinned. I don't wonder which one it is." <laughs> and I like cut it down, but Billy's Billy's got a problem. Billy's like, "This don't make no sense." Yeah, yeah. they just shot everywhere at, at nothing, and there's no other. There's no tracks. Get it. There's no yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Carl Weathers is looking around and tugging at his collar. Well, that, that's certainly... I have no idea why they were here. That's, How bizarre. That's weird, right? That's weird and dumb. And, and you're dumb if you ask me questions about it, okay? So can we just keep going? And so they keep going. And um, at one point, Mac threatens to kill, kill Carl Weathers because mm-hmm. he's making too much noise. And he's right. like, 
I'll cut you open. I'll bleed you quiet. I'll crawl, ins- I'll crawl inside your body cavity and live in it. Just he's show so, up to everybody. Yeah. He's so perfectly, like, just scary throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's but another this, part. Yeah, I we, mean, another part in the movie, he's just like, you're ghosting us, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he just I don't pops up behind Carl world, Weathers. Yeah. But I'll bleed you quiet. Yeah. You um, so anyways. You, I'll tell your wife you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'll step in and raise your kids. <laughs> so I'll they make to... it to the base. Oh, yeah. but oh, but we keep panning up to the jungle, right? And then we have a freakout where all of a sudden everything's blue except for the guys that are walking around, and there's like a weird pulse in the background and sp- scary breathing, and we're like, "What's happening? Is this is this predator vision, or?" Am I on an acid trip? Well, it's Predator Vision. We get used to it. Um, yeah. That happens a couple of times, but they finally make it to the base, right? Yeah. Right. And I believe I believe Billy is already kind of like... Billy's spooked out already. There's something There's something up there that we're not... Yeah. He's already just, making pee-pee yeah. in his pants because <laughs> there's something weird going on in the jungle that he can't explain. And But they get to the base, and they blow everything up and kill everyone. Like everyone. Oh, yeah. They kill everyone. Yeah. Except yeah. the girl. <laughs> it's like, oh, the one girl that's there, he hits with his machete. He, he doesn't pin her. That would have been great. He pins her to the wall with the machete. Like that other guy. How in the hell were they saving anybody? <laughs> well, what I, I mean, love is the very first thing that they do. Arnold goes down to this this <laughs> this Jeep that's yes. on like a... It's pumping it's, water. Yeah. Yeah, it's pumping water and he... Uh, just lifts it up and just sends it into like a built like a building yeah. or a, a hut mm-hmm. or something, and then just like you know and what it, I mean. Well, he put a bomb in the yeah. back, right? And then so it just, just blows up. Not exactly know. a target strike. <laughs> all of these men that have apparently been working for him for years are like, "What is he doing?" And instead of like, "Oh, this again," <laughs> because that's supposed to be the signal for them to kill everyone. And it is. And they kill everyone. They blow up a helicopter. I mean, these guys... All right. I love this movie. Okay. But they never reload their guns once. And they don't just... It's not like John Wick where you just like bang one in the chest and one one insurance shot in the head. It's like when they (laughs) kill someone, what in the hell is... Is Blaine, uh, what's his name, uh, Jesse Body the Ventura doing yeah. with a minigun yeah. when he's just shooting a person? <laughs> he's not saving bullets, that's for sure. He's not it's, taking down tanks. It's just two people standing there. They run up and he's like, and get hit with 90,000 bullets. Like, two would have done it. Two would have been I, fine. But that's the thing is, like, I, I feel like McTiernan was doing all that stuff to be intentionally tongue-in-cheek, like, th- unreal, over-the-top action movie. I un- honestly believe that there's... I think that's part of it, but I think the other part of it is is to establish these guys as dangerous, right? right. Full of bravado. All yeah. of them are talking bullshit. Like, all of them, I don't have paid time to bleed. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that, all that bullshit. And he's building them up so he can tear them down. All, the minute they leave this camp after this is yeah. done... That's when right. it goes into horror movie territory, right? right? Where they become teenage girls being stalked by Jason Voorhees at that point. <laughs> because they're confused and they don't know what's going on and it's scary in the jungle and I'm not used to being scared in the jungle. Anyway, they destroy everything. They kill everyone except this one girl. And it turns out that Carl Weathers set him oh, up. Oh, Carl. 
there was going to be something that's happening and they gathered all this intelligence and Dutch says, we don't do this kind of work. And I'm like, what kind of work do you do? They're, they're a rescue team. <laughs> you were pretty quick that's to kill everybody, says, though. <laughs> we're yeah. a rescue team, not assassins. And it's like, who are you saving people from? What? From the people that we kill, but it's not assassination. It's different. And how many of the hostages do you kill by accident? Because co- there's not a structure left standing in that place. That's why you get killed for the whole job. You don't get killed by the hostage. <laughs> when Pancho comes in and says, no, they killed the other hostage. I'm like, are you sure they did it? <laughs> Who's yeah, or- they, Pancho? <laughs> you mean Mac? <laughs> mm-hmm. But now Schwarzenegger's ups- upset face at Dylan because he lied to him. And Dylan was like, you're expendable. And he's like, well, we don't do this and buy. And, and Dylan wants to bring along the girl. And he's like, she's your baggage. Which I think is what Schwarzenegger would say as he left the house <laughs> to <laughs> to a spouse or the or the or the maid when she brought up his kid. He's your baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, um, there's a scorpion incident. Oh yes, with Dylan, oh, yeah. and we can see base from Predator Cam. That I now here's the thing that I've always confused me: is he recording the voices or is he? parrot-like trying to imitate the voices because he speaks in English at the end of the movie. Right. No, he's picking up audio. Yeah. He's picking up audio and then using it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not sure if he, yeah, if he's, if he's the one actually saying it. You know, oh. Like over here and all that other stuff. By, by the way, which is one of the greatest misleads in this right. movie. Oh, yes. Yes. Is the over here thing. Yes. Um, because at the end, he's flat out just repeating what what Schwarzenegger saying at the end of the movie. Yeah, right. When he says, you know, what the hell are you? And he believes, what the hell are you? And it's like, is this where we're leaving this? You're going to have a hard job. Are you going to hug it out now? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, who does it? It's Mac. Stabs a scorpion off of Dylan's mm-hmm. back. And scrapes it off and crushes it. We get another giant. Uh, once again, he, he needs to tell somebody about his, his girlfriend's gigantic pussy. <laughs> And Billy laughs, and the predator like, oh, I'm tucking that away from him. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> I can tell it better, though, because he explained it. You don't explain it. But now they got to go through a valley that's terrible to get picked up because they have to be on the other side of the border. Right. 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 And I, I will say, you know, as they leave that camp, this is the audience's, I think, big, not big reveal to what the predator looks like, but just to know what the deal is. Yeah. That's when you actually, when he reaches out and grabs the scorpion. You see his hand. Yeah. yeah and he yeah. picks up, he starts picking up the audio. So, he, you know, it's any time, right. And all that. And then he, he's picking up the laughing. Um, but then, you know, like, oh yeah, this is like, yeah, this is this alien like creature that is mm-hmm. following them. Around. It's the movie saying, yeah. remember the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also when we turn into horror because yeah. now things start going badly for our little our little G.I. Joe troop because Billy is literally freaking out at every sound. It's staring off into the trees and he's like, there's something out there. Can you be more specific, Billy? No, no, I can't. I, there's something wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but there's something. And they, they kind of go through this thing and then the lady tries to escape, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what you expect. And she runs off and uh, who goes after her? Is it Poncho? No, it's not Poncho. It's what's his name? Shane Black's uh, character. Yeah, the Shane Black. Yeah, Hawkins, <clears throat> I think, isn't it? 
Isn't that his name? Yeah. And he's like, lady, calm down. We're just kidnapping you. The CIA is notorious for treating its captives well. You'll be <laughs> you fine. You have nothing to worry about. And then the jungle should come alive and kill him. <laughs> Take, takes the man. And, well, we see something confusing for us. We see, like, a... Uh, what would you describe it as, Mike? Is it a holographic? You're talking about like, yeah. I mean, you're seeing like some some uh, '80s special effects, mm. invis- invisible. <laughs> I invisible think they still alien. hold up well. I think they still hold. Yeah, up. it doesn't get in yeah. the way. It, yeah, it still holds up. Um, but yeah, you just see this kind of like an outline of this thing just mm-hmm. pop up and yeah. basically and while, kill right, Shane Black. Yeah, kill Shane Black while running past her. Throws a water balloon full of paint on her chest, and then everyone comes up and they find her, and she's in shock, and they're like, "Where is he?" And she's, and then doesn't one of them think she killed him somehow, even though yeah, she's still bound up, and they're looking all over the place. And in the, one of the funniest jokes in the film, while they're all looking around for him, we pan up a tree, and there he is. He's right there. <laughs> he's fine, right? No, mm-hmm. he's perfectly fine. He's he's okay. Yeah, and it also, you know, if you were one of those people who are disappointed in the amount of dead naked dick in most movies, you get some. <laughs> you get to see it skinned in the earlier part of the movie. Yeah. And not skinned yet. But he's hanging upside down. He's dead. And they can't yeah. find him. They can't find him anywhere. And people are like, oh, okay. Are they still blaming the, the terrorists at this point? Uh, the, not I don't, the terrorists, the rebels? I don't think so. No, I, I, by now they're just kind of confused. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's yeah. they don't know what's happening. Like it's starting to dawn on them that like something unusual is going on. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But as they're hiking through the forest, what was his name? Blaine. No, the guy with the minigun. Yeah, Blaine. Blaine. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. He gets spooked by a porcupine. He's just like, Come on out, I'm gonna blow you away. <laughs> and the little porcupine comes out and you're like, Yay, it's just a porcupine. He's not gonna kill that little <laughs> porcupine. And he turns around and what happens? What happens, Mike? It, what do they well, do to him? <laughs> it's like a giant, uh, you know, Kamehameha blast. <laughs> it goes like right through him, right? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It, like, yeah. There's a gigantic hole through the center of his chest. And then, yeah. yeah. Right through the MTV shirt. And Mac realizes that he was has always been in love with him and has a real freak out um, and starts shooting everything, as all of right. them do. In a scene that goes on where they're just they're just shooting the jungle and shooting the jungle, wasting all their ammo. <laughs> they should have no <laughs> ammo at the end of this. There should be zero ammo at the end of this. Um, and uh, they go out. They you know he said you know, Dutch says go out there. We had to have hit something. And they go out there. Meanwhile, Mac is still having a freak out. And Poncho comes back and says, we didn't hit anything. We just, we shot the, there's tons of dead animals in here if you want to see them. We've killed, <laughs> we've killed endangered species. There's nothing left. There was, a, there was a small village right there. They're gone. They're all gone. But They're gone. We shot birds out of the air, dude. <laughs> but somehow the lady, whatever, Anna, noticed that one of the plants has some glowy paint on it. Someone opened up a glow stick and just dribbled it all over. Yeah. <laughs> and she wiped it on her pants. But this is when they they have to camp for the night. Right, right yeah. This is where they set up camp. And uh, uh, I believe it's Mac that's kind of saying some words for his uh, deceased friend. Yeah, because we didn't really realize how close they were until after. After yeah. what's-his-name died. And he's like, mm-hmm. they're wrapping him up in his poncho. And he right. takes a drink. And then I guess they just 
chuck chuck his body to the i don't know not to the predator i don't know who gets it do they just leave it for the animals to eat i don't know what they did with his body they just left it there but he gets that nice tender when it's finally nighttime he's like Remember right. that time where me and you went to Bob's Big Boy and we ordered the jumbo meal and we ate it all. There wasn't nothing on that plate. And I remember, remember you said I remember you said you were gonna get the spaghetti and I thought that's such a weird thing to get at Bob's Big Boy. What a weird thing to have on the menu, but you tried it and it was you did, okay. You was alright. But you know, they don't make it all that often. So how good could it possibly be if you only make something once every two years? You didn't listen, though. Remember you ordered that? a banana milkshake, <laughs> but you didn't finish it, so you let me have it. It was, it was okay. great. It was okay. It's okay. Remember that time you said you'd come over and paint the house, and you didn't do it, and you called me stoned and said you forgot? Good times, right, man? <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Dutch is on like his fifth cigar over there. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, on, that, by the way, finished. where is Dutch pulling these cigars out of? Does he have like a like a? <laughs> There's only so many. He has holes. a humidor. He has a backpack humidor. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, with all the pouches and everything else, I think. Uh, oh, never mind. I can't do the joke because I forgot his name. Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld yeah. watched the, way too many of these. <laughs> watched this movie way too many times. And he's like, "They're cool, and what makes them cool are all their patch, all their pouches." Yeah, that's the only thing he took away from the movie. He doesn't even he doesn't even know what what the story is. He's just like, "Oh, the one with the pouches." <laughs> You know, with this movie, too, I also know that I don't like drawing shoes. So they're all just going to have their spandex wrap over their feet. Yeah, and, and they're going to stand behind little hills. I don't like shoes or feet or human proportions. Yeah, I don't like those three things. Stand behind little hills, yeah. Let's see, two weird rectangles or a rock in front of the feet. <laughs> so... There's there's kind of a false alarm that happens when they're all you know camped up here, right? Yeah, yeah. What? It turns out just to be like a wild boar, I think. Oh yeah, but Mac yeah, kills the yeah. shit out of it. Yeah, he does. How? Uh, that thing was bigger than him. He stabbed. He stabbed it. I know he stabbed it, but that boar should have stabbed it real him. good. He stabbed it up. Did you see how big that fake, really fake looking boar was? It was yes, probably just it was... A, hu- a human in a boar suit. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what attacked them? A human in a person? Yeah. It was a it was a different movie trying to happen, <laughs> and Matt killed him. He's like, "No, nope, but we're not doing that movie. We're doing the Predator movie." <laughs> and they are all surprised because Anna didn't try to leave. Right. Right. Anna just stayed where she was. Cultivating she was... trust. No, she's you know? <laughs> yeah terrified. Cultivating trust and friendship now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. So finally, he using his powers of pushing women up against a wall. He says, no more games. You tell me, you know English. Every like a typical American. Everyone knows English. He probably got this himself when he first emigrated to the United States. <laughs> that hypocrite. I know you know how to speak English, Dutch. I know you do. Um, but he wants to know what she saw. And she said, I saw some late 80s special effects and then someone threw paint, paint on me. What did she say? The jungle, she come alive. The jungle yeah. came alive, yeah. Yeah. And took the man. And uh, this is, this is, she doesn't tell us yet when it would have been really opportune to say sometimes we find men and they, oh, it's bad. 
<laughs> we sh- We're in a lot of trouble, folks. We should folks. not be here. <laughs> um, but he says, well, oh, and that's when she tells him, I know it bleeds because she knows mm-hmm. the green blood and no one went, that's that's not blood. That's uh, that's glow stick. That's I don't know what that is. That's not blood. But no, what does Dutch say? I to be honest, I don't remember what is. If it bleeds, if it bleeds, we, we can, can kill, kill it. it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if it bleeds, then there might be a possibility for us to kill it in some kind of way. So now Dutch's crew becomes the A team for about five minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. I really wanted Boy Scout shit. I really wanted the A team music, and then it ends with the with the arm wrestle throw. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, okay, please correct me if I'm jumping ahead, but this is where they start setting booby traps, right? Yeah, this is when they're building all yeah. these yeah. booby traps because he yeah. realizes it's using the trees, right? right. Yeah. And so right. he they set up all the booby traps, and it goes real bad. It, goes, it couldn't go much worse. The, the predator gets caught up in a net and gets flung up into the air. Right. It starts screaming like a little girl. And starts shooting all over the place. <laughs> it triggers a giant log trap that, that hits Poncho, doesn't kill him. I, although I, he, I bet he wishes he were dead. Oh yeah, no, he yeah. gets he gets pulverized. And it's yeah. at this moment that Mac decides to go completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean a little insane. He's like he sees it runs off, running off, and he starts taking off his stuff and singing that song from the. Mm-hmm. From the helicopter, it's like, okay, did they sleep together? Is that is this really? What, were they that? He's close? having some trouble He's coping. Having yeah. some trouble coping. Um, Carl Weathers says, "I'll go after Mac because they're all rushing. They they need to get to the helicopter." And they're like, "Okay, we'll go. And we'll pick up Poncho, who's practically dead. I don't know why we're taking him." And Carl Weathers goes after Mac. Right. He finds yeah. Mac, and Mac sees the predator. Mm-hmm. Who's doing like a yoga position up on a branch? <laughs> and their big plan is um, Dylan will go around and flush him towards Mac, and Mac will kill him. Right. And that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, Mac gets shot in the head. Um, oh yes. Why did Mac? I, Mike, why did Mac when he saw the laser thing, the laser triangle on his arm? Why did he go up and look at it and put the laser <laughs> triangle on his head? Because he's an experienced military. He's a part of. He's he has a great level of experience of tactical mm-hmm. experience. Okay. And it and this was showcasing that experience that he that he are had. you saying that he didn't want to live without blaine and this was his way out he was like yeah okay all yeah. right suicide by predator yep but then carl the weathers sees the predator predator sees him carl weathers tries to shoot the predator and the predator goes no more arm for you and yeah. shoots his arm off <laughs> and it's still shooting with the arm on the ground and uh, rather than go into shock and die, he tries to shoot the predator who's now running at him. And this, right. you know what? This was the best scene because it demonstrated how fucking fast he is. That shot of him running, yeah. running along the ground. But then we also find out that he's got like Wolverine claws that come out. I mean, yeah. they don't come out of his skin, but um, and then uh, and then Dylan dies badly. Oh yeah, yeah. But at least he screams loud enough for the rest of the GI Joes to hear him. Right? <laughs> and that's when Billy yeah. says, um, fuck it. 
he's like, they're crossing this log bridge, and he like drops right. his backpack, drops well, his yeah. What were you gonna say? So, so real quick, uh, just so I'm sure, at the, at this point, it's just Dutch, it's Billy, Billy Poncho, Poncho, and Anna, and Anna, and Anna. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they're going across that log bridge. Sorry, mm-hmm. continue. And then Billy strips off almost all of his clothing, cuts himself with the machete. No one can talk him out of it. He's just, right. he's like, I'm going to. And then we don't get to see what was probably the best fight. Oh, the yeah. But he's like, yeah, you, you guys go on without me. I'm going mm-hmm. to I'm gonna stop the predator. And then, I don't yeah, even we... think he acknowledges them. He wraps his, his, no, he just stops. his yeah. medicine bag around his hand. Right. And he's like, Billy, come on, Billy. And Billy's like, he's checked out. Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah. bye. Thanks and for then, being, gotta in, go. being in my social group, Billy. It was great. Uh, uh, bye-bye. And they keep running. And the next time we see Billy, he's <laughs> plopped He's plopped on the ground. His head's like right at the camera. And yeah. his, his spine is getting ripped out of no. his Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ripped out so of his So much body. for Billy. But yeah. what they hear is Billy <laughs> screaming as they're running along. Um he tells Anna, don't grab a gun. It's the only reason why you weren't shot was because you didn't have a gun. Which and then Pancho gets shot in the head. <laughs> oh, good. We can stop carrying it. And then, <laughs> uh, so this confused me a little bit. Um, Dutch gets shot in the shoulder, right? Mm. And there's an explosion of blood. But later when we return back to him, he just has this cut, this little cut on his shoulder. <laughs> he well, got he's Weapon X. This is the, the same weapon that blew a hole the size of a pizza out of out of plane. Yeah, but this is Arnold. All right, fine, whatever. Come on. He yells at her, get to the chopper. And he's crawling along trying to get away from the Predator, who I don't know what's happened. He's he's looking around. Well, he, I don't know what's happened to him. I believe what it is now, there's this un, unsaid understanding between the Predator and Arnold that, hey, we're going to prepare for our, our final showdown now. I don't think know? that's it because he slides down a hill. Falls over every waterfall in the oh, Central American. Oh, that's that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, right, right, right. He crawls up, gets mud all over him, and the predator's following him because he splashes in the water. And then there's something wrong with his make invisible thing, and we finally get to see him, and he's kind of like a right a big big orc with dreadlocks and a mask and like a super cool gun, I guess. Well, uh, okay, so yeah, there's that part. Yeah, he goes down the waterfall. Mm-hmm. He gets all the mud on him. The predator's mm-hmm. looking for him. He's not able to find him. Because of the mud. Because of the mud, which right. is a little bit silly. It's a little whatever. bit silly, especially when he's when the predator's looking all over for him and then go finds another probably the same freaking porcupine. And he's like, fucking porcupine. <laughs> yeah. And he goes off and then Dutch says to no one, he couldn't see me. Yeah, we know he couldn't see you, or you'd be dead right now, Dutch. He says right. it. He says it to us, Jason. He says yeah. it to us. I'm not there. He I'm winks not at supposed, the camera. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be there. I'd be so dead. Did you, I would have died. Did you catch that detail, folks? He <laughs> couldn't see me. I would have died repelling little, out of the kiss. helicopter. He <laughs> gives a little kiss to the camera. Uh, but then there's a while there where he's building these traps now. Yeah, while the predator is is uh um you know stripping and cleaning billy right <laughs> the, he, he's like he's covered himself with goop he's making all these traps one with a big old log that he has to pull up um he's he makes himself a a bow 
and some arrows. Right. And uh, he's, I don't know where the, he pulled these from, but he has two grenade rounds. Right. And one he turns into like a little, like a pocket, like he wraps it in a leaf. Right. And the other one, I guess he puts at the end of the arrow because he has Rambo issues. He's just like <laughs> jealous of, of Rambo. I can do this too. And then he goes out, he lights a great big fire, and then he screams. Right. Right. Yeah. He screams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the then predators, is, the shit is on you. <laughs> this next scene is probably where 85% of all one liners from this movie come from. Uh, up until. Final up until, confrontation. Yeah, that's kind of true because there's been a lot of no no talking, right? Yeah. And we we start doing the whole do the predator almost finds him by walking over him kind of thing, and he goes to another yeah. one, and then he <coughs> shoots an explosive arrow at him, and that knocks out his his invisibility, and then mm-hmm. he throws a spear at him that explodes, and boy, you don't like that. And he crawls <laughs> under that that thing. That, there's like that thing that he crawls under, and he set a trap for these spikes to come down on the yeah. predator. That's and at that, the very yeah. end. So what happens okay, is yeah. he's been doing all this stuff, and then he jumps for a branch. The predator shoots the branch. He falls in the water, and all of his protective goop washes off. Mm-hmm. And then the predator jumps down and says, fuck it. And he takes off his gun that's attached right. to his shoulder arm, takes off his helmet, and we see his great big ugly... Abe's oddity creature face. And, and we're like... <laughs> well, and then Arnold says, you have one ugly motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then we get treated to Arnold Schwarzenegger basically being beaten around by the Predator for mm-hmm. a good five minutes because there's nothing he can do. He's like, the Predator's seven foot three. And um, that's when he crawls underneath the thing, under the, right. under the log. And he goes, he's like, "Come on, yeah. I am here." And the pre- this Kill is me. this is one of the best parts about the predator is that he starts to go in, and then he notices, "Oh shit, this lug has spikes on it." And he's like, <laughs> this how, is a little neat. How fucking dumb do you think I am?" So he goes around. Like I flew a spaceship here, dude. <laughs> he goes around to the side, and then Schwarzenegger notices that the. The trip log, the one that would normally trip the spikes thing, is right there. And so he kicks it, and the log comes down and hits the predator. And he picks up a rock because he hears the predator moving around. And he's going to cave in his head, but then he sees the predator is mortally wounded. Right? And then you start to feel a little bit He has a Captain Kirk versus the Gorn moment. Yeah, only for a second, though. You start to feel a little bit bad (laughs) for the predator, you know, getting all, Mm -hmm. all beat up on the ground. And you're like, oh... He's coughing up blood. Little, little guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, look at him. And that's when Schwarzenegger oh. says, what the, f- what the, what does he say? What the hell are you? But, yeah. 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 And then he says, what the hell are you? And he goes, oh, hold on a second. And he flips over this thing on his gauntlet. <laughs> and he goes, you're too dumb to figure out a countdown, even if it is in a foreign, even if it is an alien language. And he pokes it, some buttons. And he does the most cartoonish, like, Bowser, King Koopa <laughs> <Yes>. laugh. <laughs> oh, 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 it's glorious. Oh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> he eventually, or Schwarzenegger fix figures it out, and he starts. Oh, better run now. He starts running, <laughs> and then like a little nuke goes off. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Cut to the helicopters coming back. Um, now that the Predator character is dead, we can have the actor who portrayed the Predator as one of the helicopter pilots. <laughs> now he's available. Yeah, because it would just get confusing if they were in the same shot. Yeah, people would be like, wait a minute. And we find him, and he's standing in like the blasted 
area. He's not irradiated right. to, you know. <laughs> well, he jumped behind something. Oh, okay, and it blocked all the radiation, He jumped right? behind something. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the helicopter has General Old Man in it, and Anna, who must have gotten to the chopper. Yeah. <laughs> you got to the chopper. And we see Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's sad face, and then he gets into the helicopter, and he's still sad face, and it feels like the end of freaking Platoon, except yes. done better. <laughs> Where he's not doing a fucking monologue about having fought the Predator. And then the movie's over. That was a hard day. That was one of the hardest days of my life. Dear Grandma. Fight the predator. <laughs> dear, dear Grandma. Dear Grandma. I fought the Predator today. <laughs> but I hope this letter the, finds you in Argentina where you're hiding out. Was the predator actually me? I don't know. All I know is I'm fucking tired. And I think I'm dying of radiation poisoning anyway. People say hell is the absence of reason. <laughs> I, I think it's when I fought the predator just now in the jungle. I searched the darkness of my soul. In Anyhow, another, how's grandpa? <laughs> in another time, could we have been friends? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike gets to go first. Mike, how do you feel about this this classic? Well, okay, so whenever Horror anyone asks me comedy, whenever when whenever <laughs> anyone asks me like my top three favorite movies, and I need to update this list because I do feel kind of like a psychopath. Um, number one is Predator. Yes. Num- number two is Taxi Driver, which I feel is like I really need to find another. You're favorite definitely movie. on a list somewhere yeah, if you say uh, this out loud. Um. <laughs> And then Michael Clayton, I think, is right up there, too. Mm-hmm. And then if we're doing top five, I think Troll 2 is somewhere in there also. Like, <laughs> Yeah, baby. Kind of unironically, honestly, as time goes on, I could watch that movie any day of the week. And I, I think oh my that, God. that story is solid, man. Uh, <laughs> you know what that sound says? It says hospitality. <laughs> and you don't piss on hospitality. but You don't piss on hospitality. <laughs> I mean... Predator is a is a ten for ten. It's a ten out of ten for me, and I wish that you know when they had started making sequels for it that they weren't bad. Because you know uh, what, there seems to be a trend, man. It's just a heartbreak. Jaws Jaws is arguably a perfect film, right? Yeah. But look at the sequels. I've never seen any of the sequels. There's you. You aren't missing anything. Yeah. They just got worse and worse and worse. And Predator's kind of following in that that same one. There's a couple that well, are good. So but... Prey, Prey makes me hopeful. Yeah. I, Prey yeah. is like if they get the same team that did this movie to do another Predator movie, like, dude, sure. then we're good, man. You know, I, I think the problem is, is like you had Predator 2, Concrete Jungle or whatever, and they didn't know why the first movie was. They didn't know why people liked the first. They movie. didn't get it. That, that was yeah. definitely true. They did not get what drew people into the movie and why it's so good. Yeah. And then like same with Predators, I think, OK, this is a great retelling of the first movie for the most part. But the problem yeah. I have with it is it's sort of just a retelling of the first movie. That and means like, you didn't... All of the people were fucking criminals. Yeah, yeah. And then you get into, like, Alien vs. Predator, which is... Not... Yeah. ...awful. And then Requiem, which is also really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's so great about Predator? Someone walked up to you and said, You're a weirdo. Why do you like Predator? Why don't you like better movies? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> but if you're going to tell them... 
you know, here's weights. Well, for one, uh, just from a creature, the cre- the design of the actual creature, I think, is one of the best designs I can think of. And just the mm-hmm. premise. Like, it, you know, there's so many... I'd say aside from the Predator movies, you know, aliens kind of fall into the same archetypes for why they're coming to Earth. Oh, it's an mm-hmm. alien invasion, alien invasion because they want to terraform the planet or, oh, they, you know, they want to invade and take over and enslave the, the, the human race. But like they always want our resources. Right. But this is just, oh, it's just this dude that wants to come to Earth to hunt. For <laughs> He's fun. on vacation. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and it, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's like applying this very human trait to an alien and you could there's so much you could have so much more you could have done with that premise. Sure. For for you know for sequels of the or prequels of the movie and they they just really didn't do it until Prey. Prey was mm-hmm. the first movie where it's like, "Oh, he's just coming to Earth cuz he wants to hunt." Like there's no Well, I mean, I guess the second movie was sort of the same thing. <sighs> Yeah, but I mean, the second badly. movie just did it badly. Yeah, yeah. I the second know. movie feels grimy, you know? Well, the second movie, the, the dialogue is really... Terrible? Unintention- unintentionally yeah. really dumb. <laughs> um, and I didn't really buy Danny Glover as being a badass. Even no. though I love Danny Glover as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Gary Busey in there busting out, like, weird, like, cybernetic suits and stuff. It's just... Mm-hmm. Just yeah. silly. Okay. Um, anyways, that's my review. You got to do ten minutes, dude. Ten minutes. Okay. Let's see. Eight, eight more minutes. Uh, the cast is great. I, I thought that the cast was was perfect casting. Mm-hmm. And then and then again, just like philosophically, taking a movie that starts off as like an over the top eighties action movie with all these beefcakes, and then turning it into them getting killed very easily by this thing, and and you know by. By the start of the movie, it's an 80s action movie. By the end of the movie, it's an 80s horror sci-fi movie. Yeah. Which I think is great. Steve? Yes, sir. You can tell him how much you hate the movie. It's okay. It's garbage. No, I, <laughs> I, love, the, I love this movie. I, um, one of my favorite kinds of movie is a genre movie that is just fundamentally sound and really well executed. And Predator is absolutely that. Um, I love a good action movie. This is a good action movie. There's a reason why, like, out of all, there there were so many action movies in the 80s. And there are so many movies about military guys going into jungles on missions. Mm -hmm. And there are so many Schwarzenegger movies. And this movie is on, really, if you think about it, a relatively short list of movies from that era and genre that people still remember and admire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's smart. It's funny. It's got some really well staged action sequences. The interactions between the characters feel authentic. Um, and it's tight. Like it gets in, it does what it needs to do, and it gets out in less than two hours. And I appreciate that. And I admire that. Um, and there's a lot about the way the movie is put together in terms of its story that I like. And you know, we've talked about this a bunch already, but I, I, I also love the way it starts out. It, well, it starts out giving you a tease of, you know, here's an alien doing something. And then that's one scene. And then it goes into like a, becomes a Delta Force movie for about half an hour. And then it's like, remember the alien? Well, here he is. This is what the rest of the movie is going to be. And I like that. Um, you know, because it's not exactly a bait and switch because the movie lets you know up front there's an alien in this. This is going to come back at some point. Just wait. And so you're kind of waiting for that. 
and then it happens and you're like, okay, here we go. Um, I like that the Predator itself is formidable, but not invincible, mm -hmm. uh, which they established pretty early on. Like when he gets shot. Not, yeah. yeah. Like he's not some unstoppable supernatural force. Like he's tough and he's a badass, and he has some very clear advantages as far as his technology and his physical capabilities, but he's not invincible. So when Dutch eventually defeats him, it's believable. It doesn't feel like, you know, he, you're like, oh, come on. Like, how, how could he have possibly killed the Predator? Like, it, 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 it makes sense. And I like that when we get a good look at him, the Predator is obviously just a big dude in a costume. You know, they don't, they don't overthink the character design. I agree with Mike. The character design is fantastic. And I love the fact that when you see him, it's like, oh, that's just a really big dude in a suit lumbering around fucking people up. Like, I, I think that works in its favor. Um, but for my, what, for, for, for most of my review, I actually want to focus on Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, because he's really good in this and we've reviewed a few Schwarzenegger movies on this show. Over yeah, the years. We have. And I've, and I've come to the conclusion that most of his reputation as not being a good actor is due to the accent. I agree. Because yeah, because if you watch him in this movie, um, with a particular eye toward his performance, I think you'll find that, yeah, the accent makes a few of his lines land a little awkwardly. There's that moment that we mentioned in the summary where when he tells Dylan, I don't do this kind of work. And like, I kind of wish that line would come across a little stronger because I think it's an important line for Dutch's character. Well, I think he, um, I think he does it well. We don't do I mean, it. He does it well. Is, we do, and and it's his. And we don't do this kind of work. And I don't do this kind of work. When we do it, Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, we do what everyone does when they do an Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, and we bump it up to eleven. When in the <laughs> right. actual film, he's actually delivering that line with the appropriate amount of stress. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, I think he does a good job with it. I'm just saying that's one of the examples where I feel like his accent gets in the way a little bit. Um, but. He's, I mean, he's obviously completely credible as far as the action scenes go. Um, yes, him and his team include some of the most jacked up Vietnam vets I've ever seen. Um, but they all see, but the, you know, they seem plausible as commandos and Schwarzenegger as Dutch feels plausible as their leader. They all seem to know each other and to know what they're doing. And that really helps to sell the movie. Um, and emotionally, Schwarzenegger is always right. He hits the notes he needs to hit to let us know that Dutch is a badass, but also that he's a good guy with a code. You know, he says, we're a rescue team, not assassins. He says, I don't do this kind of work after they've been forced to massacre all the people in that camp. And um, you believe him, you know, it's in his eyes. He's present and he's being appropriate and he's holding your attention. He's a good actor. And that's, I think that's why he was the biggest action star in the world for so long. I mean, obviously the muscles were an important part of the package. Like he's an impressive looking dude, but there's a million impressive looking dudes who didn't be who, who weren't the biggest movie star in the world for 20 years. Um, you know, he's a good action hero and he was a good movie star because he's a good actor. That's or at least or at least by this point, he had grown into a good actor. I suppose you, you could make an argument. Maybe he's a little shaky in, in Conan. Although I, oh, I still think he's they didn't give him enough gets, lines in Conan for him to be shaky well, or not. He gets he, he's better in Conan than he than he gets a lot of credit for. Sure. You know? I mean, because part of it is, again, I think with in Conan, I think he gets the movie. Like, I think he gets that it's, you know, it's a little over the top. It's a little pulpy, you know, when he delivers that famous speech that he has where he's praying to Crom, you know, and he's like, give me what I want. And if you do not listen, then to hell with you. Like, he does that perfect. That's exactly how that speech should be delivered in that movie. Um, and in this movie, it's the same thing. 
And I think that's a big reason why the movie works so well, is that Schwarzenegger is the star, and he comes across as a movie star with star power and charisma and presence, but also as a good enough actor to hold everything together and do what he needs to do. And that's a big reason why the movie works so well. Yeah. So, you know, in, there you go, in praise of Arnold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. Great action movie. I like it more every single time I watch it. And uh, a really great Arnold performance leading the way. So my over turn to you. Jason. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about Predator is that it knows exactly what it is. The writers knew while writing it exactly what it was. They knew that they were going to turn the tables on these guys about halfway through the movie. So they established them as swaggering. Your typical, swaggering, buffed 80s heroes, right? Joking their way through slaughtering an entire camp full of of rebels. You know, joking back and forth, knowing, you know, this kind of what we would consider juvenile masculinity, right? Always having to prove how masculine they are. Blaine with his, you you are nothing but a bunch of slack-jawed, can't say that word anymore. Um, (laughs) This stuff will make you a a sexual tyrannosaurus. And of course, the kind of subtle homophobia between them, the way they talk about stuff, the sexist jokes, all of that stuff. But when they get down on the ground, they listen to Dutch. Dutch gives them direct, you know, Dutch is actually, Schwarzenegger is great as a leader in this, right? Yeah. You believe that he's the leader of the group. And it's not just because they react to what he says. It's because he has a commanding presence. But they set them up for this thing. Then they show them doing the thing that they do, which is killing everybody. And they're really good at it. No one on the team dies, right? And they wrote it knowing we're setting these guys up because the most satisfying part about this movie is watching how they deteriorate when they get scared. And now... They're just in a horror movie, and it takes them a little while to figure it out that they're in a horror movie, and something's going to pick them off one at a time, and to see their confidence in themselves diminish, to watch them all panic and shoot at nothing in the forest, because we've established that this is how these characters solve these problems. They shoot a gun at it, and it goes away. Well, now they've shot a gun at it, and it doesn't go away. It just gets worse. (laughs) To the point in which our main heroes, these big, swaggering, brave, buff dudes, are running away from the Predator. Then Billy stops and says, nope, this isn't me. I'd rather die here. And he serves himself up to the Predator. Guess what? The Predator kills him. And they're still running. They're dragging a guy who is almost dead. Um, And you're looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger, well-known for being an action hero. Did he run away from anybody in in Commando, the movie just before this? (laughs) No. I always like to pretend that this is the same character from Commando, that his actual name is Matrix, but when he's out in the field, he just calls him. He, I think it's it's not the same general from it's not the same general in, from Commando that's in this. I don't think. No, it's not. It can't be. It's possible. I don't remember who was the general in Commando, but he had been playing these lead um, these lead roles, and now he's agreed to take this part. Where yes, he gets challenged, but he's allowed himself to show fear. He's screaming at people. You know, run, get out of here. Um, you know, he sets himself up to be chased. He, you, This is the most, I think, up until this point where we saw him get the shit beat up, right? He has no defense. When, when the 
when the, when the predator decides, okay, let's we'll do hand to hand combat. Why not? Sure, I only stand three feet taller than you, and I'm probably th- three times stronger than you too. It what happens is he's trying to get away from the predator at that point, but the predator just keeps popping up, and those those great shots where he punches the predator closed fist in the face, and the predator starts beating him up the same way. He closes his fist and starts beating the shit out of him. That's what's satisfying to me about the movie, is that they they had such confidence in their script, and the whole audience goes along with it. They're like, oh shit, these badasses. They did a similar thing in Aliens, right? Mm-hmm. In Aliens, you had, oh, you know, we're saving these colonists, uh, colonist daughters from their virginity. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And they're always just another bug hunter, and they're all filled with confidence. But I feel like Predator does it better, right? Same year, right? Yeah, it's close. I think it's. uh, I think Aliens was. This is eighty-seven. I think Aliens was eighty-six. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, they were both probably being written and done at around the same time. But what I love about Predator is that they do it better. Smaller cast true horror movie when we when we get the slaughter scene in aliens it's like there are 23 marines in there and they all start freaking out and shooting at everything right and it's dark and we can't tell what's going on and it's not just one it's not just one alien but tons of them coming out to get them and then the only person that really has a freak out is hicks right mm-hmm. um no hudson hicks remains calm that's the michael bean character in this one these guys are barely holding it together in Max's case, he's not holding it together at all. People keep having, to, keep having to remind him that he needs to get his head back in the game. He manages to do it briefly, but then he just goes bonkers and, and goes rushing out to kill him while singing uh, Long Tall Sally. Yeah. And he comes off as a... He has yeah. totally lost the thread. And none of these, with the exception of Billy, none of them really get the, the heroic standoff, right? I mean, Dylan kind of does... I mean, his arm is blown off, and he's trying to whip his other weapon <laughs> off him so he can shoot at the shoot at the predator. But he gets those those knives right in his gut, and uh, and briefly Schwarzenegger does. He gets that kind of standoff where he's gaining the upper hand. But he at the end of the movie, he only gets it really briefly. Right? He's standing over there. He drops the rock. He's looking at this thing. He's dying, and the predator knows. Oh, you think you won? Wait a minute. Wait a second. I gotta, I gotta get on my Seiko digital watch. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna program myself. To, and then he starts laughing, and it is a goofy laugh. It's a modification of Billy's laugh. Right. And then he just Schwarzenegger barely survives. Do you remember how Commando ended? Him and his smiling daughter walking hand in hand past hundreds of people that he has killed. He doesn't have a scratch <laughs> on him. And he walks up, he meets the lady, the nice lady who knows how to fly the airplane, and they take off, and it's great. This one, he looks, he's thoroughly destroyed, right? He's just kind of staring off in the middle distance, covered in radioactive ash. There's no happy, <laughs> happy ending. No one's going to be bro, whatever, whatever you call that thing that they did at the beginning. He's not going to be doing that with Anna. No, the hand, the yeah. hand hug. <laughs> the hand hug. <laughs> And that's what I like. I like a, I like a movie that 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 makes that turn does it so well. It's so effortless in in the they've set it up just enough. Oh, they're being badasses. Oh, but there's an alien watching them. Oh, look at them don't destroy that place. Oh, but there's an alien. It's like who do I kill first out of this group? I wonder. 
I like that they don't go into too deep of an explanation of who the Predator is and what the Predator wants. They set it up with, oh, look at that. He's keeping all the skulls of people he killed. <laughs> well, not everybody, but some people. I mean, I always wanted to know what his ranking system was. This one's for skinning, and this one I'm definitely keeping the skull of. And so I'm kind of glad that Billy got kept as a skull. He earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. And it kind of set up this this alien character without it being without there being too much explanation over what he is. The predator gets off on this. You know, he's like, oh, he called me out. I can't wait. I'm going to heat up my blades with my laser and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to I'm going to confront him because this is great. I love it. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, because before he was just killing soldiers and none of them wound up as trophies. They were all just skinned. And um, and that's that's one of the reasons why I like it. Is the dialogue the greatest in the world? No, it's this dialogue that's needed for the film. Um, this is an almost perfect movie. It really is. It's 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 short enough to the point you leave satisfied, even though it is argue, argu- arguably a very bummer ending um, for the especially for the character. His entire rescue team is gone. I guess he's gonna. I don't know what his path forward is from this point. When he gets back, he's like, so what happened to your team? Oh, they were all killed by aliens. And uh, can I get some more guys that I have immediate, you know, uh, come uh, come out? Never mind. I can't say the word. My throat's getting tired. Just Rapport. think how hard it is for Arnold Camaraderie. to say. Yeah, come on. Thank you. Just think how, yeah. But you're right. I do agree. This is one of, I think he does a better job in this than he does in Terminator 2. I agree. I think so quite too. honestly. I think so, too. I think his 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 performance in Terminator 2 is good, but he's still a robot. And he only gets well, yeah. to do that one scene at the end with, with the whole, um, I know now why you cry, but it is something that I can never do. Lower me in the steel, and then he goes <laughs> in the steel. In this one, you can see that he has emotional states. He's reacting to what's going on. You can tell when he's angry. You can tell when he's sad. You can tell when he's pissed off. It's that great line... Um, Dylan is there jumping out of the helicopter. I I can't believe how much I miss this shit. And he just gives him a look and he says, you are never very smart. (laughs) (laughs) So recommend. Steve, recommend. Very much so, yes. Mike, recommend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're all agreed. These are, this is a classic. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. And boy, oh boy, did it inspire a bunch of garbage. Not just in the sequel. Not just in the sequels to the to this movie, but a whole bunch of other you know. Oh, we'll have a we'll have a monster man, and he'll he'll hunt people. It'll be great. What was the one that came out? It was the relic. Oh yeah, remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Okay, now's the time where we not recommend something, Steve. Yes, sir. What do you not recommend? <sighs> Picking a not recommend for this one was hard because, Why? Like, because you know, I really love good action movies. Sure. Or sometimes awful action movies. I was, yeah, I see you're, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I also really love bad action movies. Mm-hmm. So it's tough for me to pick a not recommend. I, my initial thought after watching The Predator and going through some, some titles of somewhat similar movies, my initial thought was Universal Soldier. Okay. And then oh, I watched man. Universal Soldier. I watched <laughs> Universal Soldier again last night, 
And I really like Universal oh, Soldier. Oh, God. <laughs> Not as a good movie. Like, it's a bad movie, but sure. my God, is it entertaining. Okay. Um, speaking of Dolph Lundgren, we were talking about Dolph Lundgren earlier as, like, the, you know, a guy who used to pop up in, like, direct-to-video sequels to stuff. Dolph Lundgren is so goddamn funny in Universal Soldier. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway... But anyway, so that not that one. So I did find a, a a a bad action movie that I I am not able to really enjoy on any level, and it's a movie from two thousand five that also features military type guys fighting aliens, uh, sort of, and it's called Doom. Oh, oh man, yeah, with The Rock. Where they said, you know how you're really charismatic and charming and likable? We don't need any of that for this movie. <laughs> we don't want you to do any of the things that make you an appealing movie star. Just be <laughs> just be a stoic action hero who could have been played by anybody and we'll be fine. So yeah, it's based on the video game, but you wouldn't know that if you if you hadn't been told previously. Because it's really I mean it's, it's sort of like, it reminds me in a weird way of the Super Mario Brothers movie that we reviewed a few months ago, because it's different enough from the game that you can't imagine it appealing to gamers who just show up to the movie wanting to see the video game represented, but it's also not good at being what it's trying to be instead. So, like, there's no, there, there's nothing to appeal to anyone. It's just a shitty action movie based on a video game that it adapts so loosely that even people who just love the game aren't going to like it either. Um, and yeah, it's the rock and a bunch of random military guys at a, a research facility on Mars going through really dark rooms <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Um, Carl Urban's there, bless his heart. Um, actually, he's technically the top build. Well, he's the, the hero. Actually, the, the rock is he's, a villain. He, yeah, the, the Rock turns it spoiler spoilers for Doom. Well, fucking, uh, I don't yeah. give a damn. the the Rock The Rock becomes a bad guy for no real reason. About with about half an hour left to go, he all of a sudden turns into an asshole who wants to kill everybody. <laughs> and Carl Urban's like, "Well, that's not cool." Um, but yeah, it's a rotten, shitty movie. It's not even good to me in a so bad it's good kind of way. It's just you know, kind of a slog to get through. And if you enjoy the Predator, I do not recommend Doom. So there you go. Mike, do you have a movie you'd like to not recommend? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of touching on some things I've been talking about already, but I, I think I'm just going to pick one of the Predator, Predator sequels to really focus on, and that's the 2018 The Predator, not to be mistaken with <laughs> Predator. Because uh, I get the feeling some people might walk away from this con- the, from this uh, podcast and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch The Predator. and then they're Oh gonna- no. Then they're going to run into this movie. <laughs> um, so I love Shane Black. I, lo- I loved uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I loved the nice guys. Um, but for whatever reason, this movie was just a big, uh, a big miss for me. And I think it was actually kind of the antithesis of what I feel made Predator a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that is um, there was a lot of CG that did not look too great uh, that they relied on instead of just, you know, mainly practical effects and i mean like for creatures for aliens sure um the cast was really good but not really utilized and then uh, halfway probably halfway into the movie they kind of switch up the lore of what the predator is so you Mm -hmm. have the the regular predator in the movie and then you have like a super predator that's hunting the regular predator and then you find out that the regular predator came to earth to uh stop global warming which is (laughs) just just the worst (laughs) I'm uh, sorry, what? 
Uh, I thought the Predators by by canon liked hot weather. Yep. Isn't that like they they're... not that much? <laughs> well, no. So that's the thing is, and whatever. Maybe I'll just spoil this. I don't. It doesn't. Sure, matter. go ahead. Um, we do it all the time. So yeah. in the 2018, the Predator, the the Predator that we know, or at least that brand of Predator, comes to yeah. Earth to try to prevent a ton of predators coming to earth and the and the and the reason why a ton of predators are coming to earth is because of global warming because the temperature's gotten hotter okay right. so now ah. so now there's a bunch of predators that are coming to earth because they think oh this is like the this ide- is perfect this is the ideal temperature for us to hunt in um is this which, before or after they established the aztec civilization after which was also <laughs> very bad yes um, it was <laughs> I, be, I I don't think uh, Alien vs Predator. I, I I I'm pretty sure that's not canon anymore. I don't think it ever was. I okay. hope it's not. Hopefully not. But yeah, no. Uh, I would say watch Predator. Don't watch the Predator. Cool. My turn. As you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed. And it's 1987. And this, I wanted to do a sci-fi movie. And this one qualifies not only as a bad sci-fi movie, but just one of the worst movies ever made. And that movie is called Leonard Part Six. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? He may be out of jail. But he still made Leonard Part Six. <laughs> they should put him back in jail just for They should for put Leonard him back Part in jail six. just for Leonard Part Six. No one knows what he was doing. You know, the director does uh, does have some blame for Lettered Part 6, but it was written and produced by Bill Cosby. And apparently all he did was fight with the director because the director would say, this doesn't make sense. And he's like, "You sh-. he literally said this, you concentrate on making the movie, I'll concentrate on making it funny. He failed. He failed miserably. <laughs> this is one of the most miserable films ever made. The plot makes almost no sense at all whatsoever. And, you know, it. there was no defender. There was no one that came forward and said, well, I think it's what it's trying to say is no one came forward to defend it. When you have <laughs> Universal across the, uh, just across the board, every crappy hack um, reviewer doesn't even want to be the reviewer who has the one good review that can, they can stick on the commercial. You've made a terrible film. And this means that we're going to have to review it someday. Steve. We're gonna have I to bring it. I, I, you know what? It, it's, it came out right. I was, I think I was, I was either, I was either six or seven when it came out, um, and it was right at the dawn of my awareness of like movies as a thing, you know. And I remember it was maybe the first movie I was aware of that was known for being just a fucking piece of shit <laughs> because when it came out, I remember, I remember I, I, I haven't watched it for years and I don't have any specific memories of it, but mm-hmm. I remember watching the Siskel and Ebert episode where they reviewed it and they both just, I mean, just absolutely fucking trashed it. They were just of like, course. What is, what is this? How did this get it made? Why does to this be exist? Trashed. It's, you know, really so bad. I remember it. I remember it from when it, back from when it came out as what maybe the first notoriously bad like new movie that i was ever aware of mm-hmm. if i remember correctly the plot was that the inside joke was that this was like part six of a series which confused everyone because the movie was literally called leonard part six number one it's supposed to be a satire of spy movies but the name leonard 
in and of itself doesn't make you think of any spy movie at all whatsoever. Then you put part six after it, and people think, okay, is this a part six to something that I haven't seen? And then you, in the body of it, you don't even, I hate to say this, but Goldmember did a better spy parody because at least it knew the genre that it was parodying. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it was the plot was there was an evil vegetarian who was using a mind control device to make animals attack people. That's the actual plot. Oh, and there's also a subplot where Leonard's daughter is going to marry a man that's older than him and that his wife was acting too young for her age. But what mostly stood out was the absolutely tasteless product placement. Everyone saw it. He literally held a Coke can up to his head and cheated it out towards the camera for an extended period of time. And critics literally said Bill Cosby should be ashamed of himself. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure he'll give you other reasons to be ashamed of him later. (laughs) This won't look as bad in about 30 years, trust me. (laughs) But that's it. My not recommend. Leonard Part 6. Hey, Steve. Yes, my friend. Guess what? What? Now it's time for Mike to choose the next movie oh. we're going to review. Hey, oh, Mike, that's not fair. You don't really? have to make a terrible Yeah, you don't have to take it make a terrible choice because we have to live with the results. Yeah, now is the time. I, yeah, I, I think nope, I already I know. No, you don't because you have to choose between A, B, or C. It's a blind choice. <laughs> okay. Okay, so pick between A, B, or C. Steve, this is from a filmmaker who we've not done a movie of yet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Highly influential. Now, okay. I, I mean, obviously, you're not, you're not going to tell me what they are, but nope. can, can I ask, is one of them bad? Technically, all okay. of them are bad. Technically, oh, <laughs> even better. Even better. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Technically. I'm going to go with C. Oh. Okay. So, the filmmaker. <laughs> well-known, well-loved is Roger Corman. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Had Mike chosen A, we would have watched The Pit and the Pendulum with Vincent Price. Cool. Had you chosen B, we would have watched and reviewed Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Nice. Where, one of the, where, the, where the lead singer literally um, got in a fight, went to jail, OD'd in jail during the filming of this. Well, it's the Ramones. What do you want? It's late, one of the late 70s, early 80s. But <laughs> Mike Chosey, this is a Roger Corman production. It is technically the second film of what I consider to be, and many people consider to be, the greatest living American director. Ooh. The movie we're going to review is Boxcar Bertha. <laughs> directed by Martin Scorsese. Wow. Nice. Awesome. So if you guys want to get all the jokes or probably see a movie that you've never heard of, then you can watch. I think you could probably get it on YouTube at this point. And go out and watch Boxcar Bertha before we record the next show. And that's, and that's it. Mike, say goodbye. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I would oh, love- do you have stuff you would like to promote? Sure, absolutely. Go for it. Um, I would I would like to say thanks for having me on the show. This was a lot You're of welcome. fun. I would love it to is. come back. You will. Um, right now, uh, I'm actually putting together a double LP, and wow. we just we just started a Kickstarter for it because double LPs are expensive, you guys. But um, the Kickstarter is going pretty well right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But we would love for anyone to just check out my band's work, Frantic Romantic. 
Uh, you can find us on Spotify and all the other all the other places. And on YouTube and YouTube, all yeah. the, all the things. Deezer, mm-hmm. we're on Deezer. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, you know, as a day job, I work in the animation industry. Can't tell you what I'm working on, but uh, working on some stuff. He has he has he has non disclosure agreements signed. Ooh. He can't. So I'm gonna just gonna make up what he's working on. Yes. He's working on the Hobbit part five. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be jazzed, man. I'd be thrilled to do that. I bet you would. Yeah. I bet you would. It'd be great. I know what he's working on. No, just kidding. I don't know what <laughs> I have no idea. He's violated his NDA for me, but not for anyone else. <laughs> if you contribute no, to the Mike's Kickstarter r- <laughs> maybe i'll tell you <laughs> no i'm kidding no mike's really good at keeping his his mouth closed no matter how much i beg him to tell me what he's working on okay anything else i think that is it okay thanks you guys for uh listening in once again this is jason harding for late seating and go see a movie this week and this is steve shives what happened to you jason you used to be someone i could trust you were dumb. You were dumb. How about that? You were stupid. You never should have trusted me. The first you thing think- I said to you when we met was, hi, I'm Jason. Don't trust me. I thought but you were just making a joke. I wasn't I making you were being a self- joke. De- you were being self-deprecating. Ask Mike, when he came out of the womb, I leaned over his bassinet. And what did I say, Mike? You stole candy from me. I, I- That's right. You, I told him not to trust me. You stole candy from your newborn brother? <laughs> he didn't have a piece of candy for the first three years of his life. You want to know why? Because I took all of it. I didn't even I thought, eat it. You you told me that. I thought it was just a funny story. No. When he turned True story. When he turned four, I had all of this candy that I'd stolen from him, and I just made him watch me dump it into the bay. <laughs> so you're saying, actually, you've yeah. never been someone I could trust. Yeah, that's exactly right. You never should have signed all those contracts. You didn't even but read if, them. But if that's true, how can I trust what you're saying right now? This isn't a logic Aha. puzzle. I'm not an android. Smoke isn't going to come out of my ears. It's, it's the liar's paradox, my? my friend. You can't get around logic. <laughs> what were you going to say, Wayne? Me, nothing. Oh, okay. You stole, you stole candy from me. And that's this, is an old, this is old news for him. <laughs> Mike's still sore about the candy. Whatever. Okay, yeah. I'll make it up to you. Wink. I'll get you more candy. <laughs> Wink. Don't trust him, Mike. But for Steve, nothing. I Steve, can buy my own candy. Can you? Hey, Steve, I got you. Yeah, it's, Don't even thank worry you, about Mike. it, man. Thank you, Mike. This isn't about candy between me and you, Steve. It's not? No. What is it? Oh, trust. That's right. It was You've trust. signed over yes. the rights to your house, your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, which, I, which I'm still kind of fuzzy on the legality of that one. But Well, it'll hold up in Uganda, which is where the legal papers came from. <laughs> That's the jurisdiction that you've chosen. That's the, right. The High Court of Uganda. By the way, I need you to climb onto a plane with me so that we can go to Florida. Okay. How long is the flight to Florida? 13 hours. Okay. That sounds about right. We have a lot of stopovers. It's cheaper that way than a direct ticket. Yeah. Just a little bit. Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Of course. The more stopovers you have, the longer the flight. Sure. And- yeah. You just need to go to sleep when we get on and don't pay attention to okay. anything that's happening, okay? Okay. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to trust you. What? No, you can trust me. Oh, I can trust that. you this time? That's right. You did. Whatever. Guys, it's, all, it's all about cultivating trust. That's like right. Anna it, did with Dutch. That's right. And that Predator did with Dutch as well. That's right. Okay. Wait, wait did they, wait, did the Predator The Predator cultivated trust? trust, yes. No, yeah, and then he betrayed him instantly. The, the Predator, kind of predator said if you... 
The predator said, if you're unarmed, I won't hurt you, but the second you pick up any kind of a weapon, I will murder you in a gruesome way. <laughs> I wonder what his what his dividing line is for that. It's like, these are just nail clippers. Don't don't shoot me in the face. <laughs> this, isn't a, this isn't an offensive <laughs> weapon. <laughs> but then you betray him and you clip all of his nails. He's got sharp nails. And, he, and he's proud of them. Yeah, probably. They've know. obviously been manicured, you know. If little if little Timmy's picking up that basketball, let's just say he's a threat. To Dead. You <laughs> could throw that at me. That would sting if it hit me in the head. That's right. I don't want to get hit in the head with a basketball. <laughs> Pretty. Sh- How much understanding you know bas- of human beings does he have to know what the, what <laughs> is in it? Next thing you know, that basketball has three little red dots on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. During an NBA game. They're like, they're like, oh, it's a tough challenge. You have to be able to hit the ba- basketball while it's in play. <laughs> the lowest scoring NBA game ever because the Predator's up in the rafters. He keeps shooting the balls. <laughs> and he keeps hitting hitting the players. And the ball's still in play. <laughs> Team with the deepest bench wins, you know? Then maybe I'd like basketball if that happened. Oh, I don't uh, like it. Whatever. I mean, it's right, not my go- favorite sport, but I prefer it to most other sports mm-hmm. other than baseball. Okay, fine. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.